You're listening to the Next Generation Gym Owners People and Profits Podcast, where we focus on taking your passion and turning it into your profits. Join us for interviews with business experts, industry influencers, and more. Let's get to it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Next Generation Cheer and Gymnastics Owners Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Cotton, and today we are going to be talking about how the end of season can crush or build your retention depending on how you handle it. Before we get into the episode, make sure you've headed over to All Star Cheer and Gymnastics Owners and join that Facebook group if you are a gym owner. And if you are a gym owner and coach or just a coach, head over to the All Star Coaches and Owners page uh, where we are uh, talking about all things All Star Cheer. If you are in both of those pages and you haven't yet gone over to nextgenowners.com to subscribe to our blogs, make sure you do that. And as always, share this podcast with someone you think needs to hear it, whether it be a coach or an owner who needs to talk about the end of season and, and hear this, whether they've already had their end of season or they're headed into it. All right, everybody. So Getting into the episode, I am getting ready to leave tomorrow for the D2 Summit. I went to Worlds two weeks ago, and I have all the feelings, right? I have excitement, I have stress, I have anxiety, I have sadness, I have joy. I've got them all. And at this time of year, it is so important to be making the right moves to improve your retention. Because if you make the wrong ones, you can really, really hurt yourself when it comes to retaining athletes for the next season and for the long term. And I just want you to remember that as you head to these end of season events, if you if you are headed to D2 Summit or you're headed to All-Star Worlds or you've already gone and maybe you're thinking already towards next year, you are not only on a cheer competitive trip, you're not only on a cheer trip, but you're on a sales trip. You are on a trip to sell your program for the next year to your current athletes. So the big three things we're going to talk about is the expectations you go into the end of season with defines how your kids are going to feel when it's over. Number two, bonds build retention more than banners. And number three, every moment with the athletes is a moment to sell them on the next season. All right, so breaking each one of those down, the expectations you go into the end of season with define how your kids feel when it's over. Now, this is where I highly, highly encourage you to not make it all about the wins. If you are fully focused on winning D2 Summit or winning Summit or winning All-Star Worlds, then if you fall short it is going to sting even more. And realistically, that's not fully in your control. You can do your best, right? And as a coach, you can you can set them up for the absolute best success. But you know what? Sometimes it's not everyone's day. Sometimes you get a judge that doesn't love your the design of your routine. Sometimes the athletes don't execute as well as they can possibly execute. So your execution score is low. And sometimes there's just a team there that has a better day. And you cannot always control the outcome. We obviously want to do our best to control it. And I'm a highly competitive person. I always want to be winning, but you're not always going to win. No one wins all the time. 
And if this last weekend at Summit showed anything, it's that really great programs had teams not make it to finals. Really great programs had multiple teams not make it to finals. So it's it's not guaranteed. And if that becomes your be-all, end-all of making finals or making it to uh, the top three or winning the event, you are more set up for disappointment. And if you don't achieve it, your athletes are more likely to take that hard and be in that mindset of, oh, I want to quit. So what I recommend framing things as is it's what I always tell my kids is this is a celebration. Being here is a celebration of our season and we want to go out and put our best possible routine we can do on the mat and celebrate where how far we have come and the journey that we have been on. And from there, we just want to make the judge's job hard. We want to make it hard for them to decide who the best team is. We want all the teams to go out and do well and we want to make their, their jobs really, really hard to to score us, right? We want them to have to look for things to ding us on. And that is a success. If we go out there and we do our best routine and we walk off that mount proud of what we did, then our trip here was a success. And even if we don't, we still can't take away from the journey that got us here. And I always try to frame it with my athletes like that because I've I've lost and it is better to be in the mindset of doing our best and then coming back and trying to do better um, and being motivated to come back and upgrade and improve and place higher or score higher, like those kind of things. So you got to find those subtle wins. Additionally, if you are focused only on that first place championship, well, there's two things that can occur. I've mentioned this on other episodes, but number one is if you don't win, then kids are mad and disappointed and they kind of implode and they're mean to each other and you're frustrated and all of those things, right? You just generally feel like a failure um, and the kids feel like a failure and the season feels like a failure when really was the season a failure? No. I mean, two minutes and 30 seconds cannot define your season. And even if you make it into finals, five minutes cannot define your season. It should not define your season. So yes, that is the ultimate goal, but If they don't get there, if they don't achieve the goal, then they're more likely to feel highly, highly disappointed, and that's going to impact your retention negatively. Number two is if they do achieve it, if you've set it as this is the goal, this is the peak, this is the pinnacle winning summit or winning all-star worlds or winning worlds, what you will see is oftentimes that is when you see athletes quit is they won and it's like, I'm good, ollie ollie oxton free, I did what I wanted to do, now my body hurts and I'm going to take a break. And maybe they come back later, but they've already achieved it. And if they know they're not going to move up to a higher level, um, so they don't have that aspiration to move from level four to level five or level two to level three, and they don't have anything to really work towards, they know they're going to be on level two again, or they know they're going to be on level 4.2 again, it can be a harder sell to convince them that after this win, we're going to come back and and win it again in the same division. Now, I'm not saying that no one will return, but if you talk to a lot of programs that have won, they will tell you those seasons that were their winning seasons were some of their toughest seasons for retention because kids accomplished it. And unless they moved up, there wasn't a lot of purpose behind it. So it is so important to go in and frame what success looks like for you at these end of season events to not only your athletes, but to your parents. And I even started this. I do it all year long, but I re-emphasized it with all of my parents last night in my video going live talking about Summit. Is like, look, it's possible that none of our teams will make finals. We have 
gyms from the Pacific Northwest, great gyms that had paid bids to go to Summit that didn't make finals. And only, I think, three teams from the Pacific Northwest even made finals. Teams that won NCA didn't make finals. So like framing that for the parents and letting them know, hey, this is a possibility and this is not, yes, we want to do it, but that's not what defines our success uh, was a really important step in preparing them for going to the end of season event because no one likes day two when they're not in finals and they doubly don't like it when parents are jumping down their throat or athletes are fighting with each other. Like it doesn't help anyone. So I've talked in the past about what happened with my level four last year and how disappointing it was to not make finals and how we scheduled a practice the day that we were supposed to be in finals. We did a team practice to get ready for the next season. And quite frankly, I recommend you do that. I will be doing the same thing. If my level four doesn't make finals, we're going to practice again on the day of finals. Now, obviously, I'm hopeful that they will. I think they can, but they have to hit their routine. And on this new score sheet, which I'm going to be doing a whole other episode on score sheets, um, the differences are are small and deductions can absolutely cost you a spot in finals. Uh, so you have to frame it appropriately with your expectations before you leave. It's much harder in the in the back end to be like, well, it's all about finals, it's all about winning, and then when you don't be like reframing it. You've gotta put that option out there for the reframing so they're prepared for it. Number two point was bonds build retention more than banners, and I truly believe this. I mentioned previously how those, those years where teams win oftentimes are tougher for retention. Um, some of the best years for retention are like a good second or third place where you're close because they want to come back and prove something. Um, so that's great for retention. Uh, but bonds over banners. Kids are more likely to return to your program if they feel they have a bond with their coach. They feel they have a bond with their owner. They feel they have a bond with the other athletes on their team. Those are things that are going to be much more likely to get kids to return to cheer with you next season than any first place banner. I've mentioned before, the season is like 95%. It occurs in your gym or outside of the competitive floor. So what are the experiences outside of all of that that are getting kids to feel like they want to return? And if you're not being conscientious about those things, if you're not ensuring those things are occurring, then you're going to have more struggles with retention. This is why I'm, I'm weird and I'm I, I go back and forth on it because it's a whole lot of extra work, but like our athletes stay together. So we still kind of, we chaperone them. They're like, we stay as a program. Parents are there. Parents help with chaperoning. Parents help with monitoring their kids. But for our junior and senior teams, for any athletes that are above the age of 10, we typically have them stay in rooms with their teammates. And it's all about the bond. It's all about being together as a team. So their schedule is like highly, highly scripted. Like the entire day is scripted. We have practice at this time, then we're going to go change, then we're going to go to the park, we go to the park as a team, we come back from the park, we change, we have a little bit of a break, we go to practice, and everything about their day is scripted and planned and built together as a team to build those bonds and build that unity. And if you're not consciously doing that, you're going to be doing it by accident. And doing things by accident is never the right way to accomplish them. You want to make sure that you are being really, really intentional about the way that you're building your bonds within your program. And we use the end of season to do this. We use the end of season and we 
use these experiences to really bring the kids together. And it is something that they are then excited for. They want to be in Florida with their teammates next year. They want to have those experiences again next year. Those are the things that keep kids coming back more than the fleeting feeling of winning. Is it a great feeling to win? Absolutely. Of course it is. Do I want to experience it with my team? Absolutely. But that doesn't mean I neglect those moments to build bonds. Do you have to stay together as a program to accomplish it? No, you don't. That's what we've done. I'm trying to crack that riddle because quite frankly, I don't want to chaperone the kids anymore. I do want to have that opportunity where I'm not uh, on, um, where I can just you know relax and chill and not, I also want nothing to do with putting together rooms ever again. It's a miserable experience and kids always complain. I just don't want to do it. But even if we go away from that, we're still going to have their days fully scripted and it's going to be, hey, we're meeting at you know, 9 a.m. for practice and then we're together for the rest of the day until you're released to your parents at X time um, to stay with them. So really think about those moments that you can build into your schedule to build those bonds and increase that retention. Because if you just go and it's just any other competition where they go and they hang out with their parents and then they show up for maybe one one hour practice and then they leave again and you see them the next day at the competition and then they leave, it's fine. It's not a bad experience necessarily, but you're not going that extra mile to build those bonds, build that family feeling with their team, with their coaches, with their owners. Which then brings me to the third point, which is every moment with the athletes is a moment to sell them. All right, so let's be honest with this. I've been going to Summit and Worlds since, well, I've been going to Worlds since I came back from Iraq in 2010. That uh, was my first year going to Worlds. So I've been going to Worlds for 13 years. Uh, we didn't start going to Summit until a little bit later. We kind of like avoided going for a while. Then we we dove in, uh, bit the bullet and started going. And now we've been going every single year since then. So I think I've been going to Disney. I've been going to Disney World for 13 years straight, uh, minus the COVID year. And I've been going to uh, Disney World twice a year, I think for like six years straight, minus the COVID year. Um, so I've been to Disney a lot. I've ridden every single ride. I don't care anymore. Actually, I haven't ridden the Tron ride. I, I'll ride that one maybe during Summit. Um, I don't care about riding rides anymore. They don't really excite me. They've never really excited me. Um, there's just something about roller coasters that doesn't quite do it for me um, when you've, you know, been in helicopters, uh, <clears throat> doing false insertions and you've repelled out of high things and you've been shot at, uh, it, it's just not quite the same adrenaline rush for me. So I just don't, uh, I don't really love roller coasters, but I still go ride rides. I still hang out with my team. I still do all of that. Why? Because I stand in line with them. And standing in line with them is probably the number one place I have retained kids and converted them to the next season. Because you start talking about, well, what what do you think we should do in the routine next year? And, oh, that's a really good idea. And I would love to see you doing this. I would love to see you doing that. Hey, are you going to get that skill? Um, you know, hey, I'd really love to coach you again. Like you start having those conversations and you carry them on and you carry them on. And I every single year see kids who are like, oh, I wasn't going to cheer next year, go, 
yeah, I have to come back. I want to do it again. And it is because I spend the time talking to them in line. It's because I spend the time sitting there and discussing with them what their goals are. I make them feel a part of the process. And they are a part of the process. This isn't just me lying to them, right? But I'm learning about their hopes. I'm learning about their wants. I'm learning about their needs. And then I'm selling them on coming back. And it is such an important part of the trip. Every single moment is built to sell kids on the family, on the vibe, and on returning for the next season. So take advantage of those times. Like, I get it. I totally get it. Um, With my world's team, we went to uh, Magic Kingdom on day one. I gave them a little bit more time kind of to themselves, but we'd started the discussions uh, in line on Thunder Mountain. And then on uh, day two, we went to Animal Kingdom and we were in line at Everest. And I don't know what it is about Animal Kingdom and Everest, but that line is like the number one line I get kids like talking about next season. I don't know what it is, but historically, especially my world's kids, that's where they're all doing it. Um, so it started there and I wasn't planning to ride more rides with them, but I was like, you know what? I'm having such good conversations. I'm going to go get in line with them at Avatar. And we actually didn't even get to ride Avatar because it kind of broke. So I stood in line with my kids for like almost two and a half hours, just, just talking to them, just discussing and laughing. And it's not all about next season, but just building those bonds and building that relationship and getting to know them and letting them get to know me because I do kind of keep up a wall. I try and keep that professional uh, appearance with my kids. Um, you know, we're not friends. So letting us get to know each other a little bit better and, and it's just chatting. We're just talking, you know, they see pictures of my dog and stuff like that, but those things make a difference in kids feeling like they're a part of a family. So the end of season is something to be diligently planned for. If you're not doing it uh, or you need help next season, that's something that we can help you with in next gen. It's something I talk to my clients about. Um, And the next gen community can help you with too. So if you're in the academy and if you've listened to the What is the Academy All About episode, that's something that your coach and as well as that community can really, really help you with. You need to realize that every relationship has inflection points. And in cheer, because we have a season, there's kind of a logical point to reconsider the relationship, and that's the end of the season, right? It's an ending, so it's a logical time to go, do I want to do this again, or do I want to move on with my life? And just like with any other relationship, people are going to be massively influenced by their most recent experience. So whatever is the most fresh thing in their memory is what's going to influence their decision making right now. So you framing your end of season and being really intentional about how that experience goes and not allowing the competitive outcome to be the defining factor is absolutely key in that retention aspect. So leaving this episode, if you're headed to an end of season event, I want you to immediately decide how you can start speaking and framing the end of season to your teams and your parents. Okay, what can you do while you're there to build bonds and relationships? What are critical moments where you can be interacting with the athletes? And who do you need to spend your time talking with? You may not need to spend as much time talking to your kid who's a diehard who you know isn't going anywhere, but you might need to talk to that backspot who maybe feels undervalued and you might need to let them know, hey, I see you. I actually just did this with one of my kids the other day. She's going to be a senior next year and she's been wavering on whether or not to come back. 
and she's really worked hard to become a better backspot. And she just kind of by luck of the draw got put in a group that isn't doing our full elite sequence. And I know that she feels undervalued. And quite frankly, she is because we had an injury and I moved her over to a group doing the full elite sequence and she's crushing it. And it's not with like our easiest flyer either. She's doing a great job. And I, I talked to her after our last practice. I said, look, I see you. I see your work. And I want you to know that if you come back next year, I'm going to be using you more in that role. And I, I underutilized you at the beginning of the season, and that was my error. And I want you to know that I value you, and I see that, and I see your hard work. And she hasn't yet registered, but I'm pretty convinced she's going to come back, which is great. She's going to be a senior carrying on the traditions on that team. If you've already ended your season, I want you to also determine what touch points you can make now to increase that retention, banquets, other gatherings to reframe for your athletes if they need it. And if they won, then bringing them back together to reignite that spirit and reignite that feeling, you know, ring ceremonies and things like that can be absolutely great for getting those athletes in and reminding them of that family and that vibe and like, hey, come back, come back so we can we can have this again. We can achieve it again. All right, everyone. We have come to the end of the episode. If you're looking for another great podcast, you got to check out the Let's Talk to Your podcast with Jason Larkins. I'm sure he's going to have some really great content. He just got back from D1 Summit, so I'm sure we're going to hear some episodes talking about that and his experience here soon. Uh, and if you've loved this episode, share it with someone who you think would get something out of it. And with that, we will catch you on the next one. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Next Generation Gym Owners People and Profits Podcast. If you would like to be featured on our podcast, click